Welcome to Creatively Christian, a podcast by Theophany Media, where we inspire, inform, educate, and empower creative Christians of all types. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon Hollingsworth. We've got an awesome interview today with the founder of Theophany Media, Jake Dobrins, talking with Brandon Hollingsworth about what it was like to start Theophany Media and Creatively Christian and a lot more beside. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts and be sure and tell all of your friends so that this show can continue to bless others out there in the world. Hello, everybody out there in podcast land. This is Brandon Hollingsworth uh, coming to you from Theophany Media's Creatively Christian Podcast, and I am super stoked to have the brainchild, the, uh, the creative curator of Theophany Media here with me today uh, doing the podcast, Jake Doberitz. Is that right? Doberins. Doberins. Yeah. Okay, Jake Doberins um, here with me. I'm super excited for that. Uh, Jake, welcome to your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for welcoming to my podcast. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to tell everybody a little bit about you, then we're going to jump right into it. So Jake Dobrens is a minister, writer, and middle school teacher in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Jake received both his bachelor's degree and his master of theological studies degree from Oklahoma Christian University. He founded Theophany Media, a Christian educational media organization. Welcome, welcome. Oh, thank you. We need laugh tracks and we need uh, applause tracks and stuff. That's true. Yeah. Those will will be awesome. People won't won't know, you know, when the joke's supposed to be funny unless somebody's (laughs) laughing in the background. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, well, welcome to the podcast. For those of you that are watching or listening, uh, we're actually recording this uh, the week before Thanksgiving. You may be listening to it later because we are being dutiful, hardworking Christians trying to get a lot of stuff done uh, before it's time for the harvest and before we're actually releasing these. And so... We're super happy to have Jake on, but if we make any references to time that seem out of place, that's why. So, so Jake, tell us a little bit about, um, I want to know, I'm desperately um, wanting to know what inspired you to begin Theophany Media? Well, um, I've struggled with what to do in my, with my life. Um, I assume that's a pretty common kind of uh, common thing people go through. And uh, for a while, I've been kind of on this trajectory trajectory to do um, teaching in some way, um, get some fancy degrees, be a professor, <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, I, I've been always really interested in kind of the deep sides of the Christian faith. And for a while, it was kind of a compromise because when I was, when I was a kid, I wanted to do everything but as a Christian. Uh who's going to be a lawyer but christian it's going to be a scientist but christian to kind of inject god into all these spaces but then i decided well um i can't be all of those things Uh i gotta pick one um and so i kind of settled on teaching the bible because i thought well what if i can inspire people to be the best christian they can be in all those other fields Uh i don't have to be the scientist because I have kind of a thing about blood wasn't going to work out um, <laughs> to be a biologist like I wanted to be. Right. I don't have to be a lawyer. Uh, somebody else can study all those laws and inject mm-hmm. their faith into that. Mm-hmm. So I was going to be a Bible teacher. Now, fast forward to um, May 2020. Um, well, before that, but May 2020 is when I started Theophany Media. I kind of got to this point where I was, I, I wasn't quite as excited about this sort of uh, academic journey 
that I was currently on. Uh, I enjoyed some of it, but then another part of me just was sort of envisioning my future, kind of being stuck at a desk, teaching all the time, reading all that stuff. And I kind of, I kind of remembered this uh, desire from a young age to be a creative roughly about fifth grade I wrote my first short story that I remember although I had been telling stories and and doing stories a lot before that and I wrote this like five paragraph short story and um, I just fell in love with writing and I always kind of liked that but I don't know I no one ever told me you could like do that as a career or or at least I I never really got that idea um, that you could just like be a writer you could like do creative things as a career so that was always going to be like a side hobby like I I never thought I would give up writing it was just going to be that thing I did but then as I invested my academic career you know um, it was becoming uh, more books nonfiction books and that kind of thing but I had that naggingness to to go back to my kind of creative roots so to speak so long story short Theophany Media is actually a marriage of all those things. I love this theology, this kind of academic, kind of uh, deep understanding. Uh, Maybe academic's not the best word, but there's really deep understanding of the faith. But I also like the creative stuff. And what better way to talk about that really deep stuff than something creative, Uh Uh, fiction, stories, so that's what I did Theophany to kind of fill that, that space. So I kind of see it as sort of in that, that intersection um, between like the deep truths of faith and then what's uh, accessible to people. And I also kind of created it as a way to, um, again, be in that in, in between pay, uh, place between like cheesy Christian stories and something really worldly that doesn't have anything about faith in it. So I didn't want to be over the top with faith, but I didn't want to be uh, against faith, I guess Mm -hmm. you could say something in the middle. Um, So I created Theophany Media as the catch all to kind of do these projects that I wanted to do and explore these things that I wanted to do in those in-between spaces. And, And tell folks for people who might not know what Theophany means. Yeah, so theophany means this uh, appearance of God um, when God shows up in the story. And I I chose that name because that really captured what I wanted to do. I wanted to, in some cases, point out when God is showing up, Mm -hmm. like in um, some kind of non-Christian movie, God still shows up in places. Mm -hmm. But then also I wanted to help uh, creators to uh, orchestrate this appearance of God Mm -hmm. in their story. What does that look like? Um, What does it look like to have God show up, um, whether as a character or just as a theme or something like that? So, And I I think what you're really talking about is, is really what Christians are really called to do. You know, we're supposed to live our faith um, in, in the midst of our lives. You know, it's not supposed to be this segregated portion of our existence that we only tap into you know, on Sundays or Wednesday nights or whenever you happen to worship, it's supposed to be an everyday, every moment kind of thing. We're supposed to be, you know, praying, praying at all times. We're, we're supposed to be, you know, living through the spirit and, and living life more abundantly. So, I mean, this is supposed to be a, an ongoing conversation that we have with people around us, with people we interact with, and it should also bleed through into the products and the things that we create. 
Wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I I used to kind of have that mistaken notion, like, you know, the, the true Christians all become ministers or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and maybe that was a part of my motivation that I don't really want to admit. Um, I was serious about the faith. So, of course, I was going to go into ministry. Um, but now I don't see it that way. There are so many different ways to do ministry. We're all called to the vocation of ministry. And sometimes our vocation is that ministry, whatever that looks like. And creative people are uh, weird, you know, for lack of a better term. And they inhabit this really unique space to do ministry. That's sometimes a little bit more explicit than if you're uh, at an accounting job, like my wife or something like that. Um, And so it's just a really cool space to inhabit and to talk to those kind of people. Yeah, I have no doubt that as Paul was sitting there making tents, he was telling people about the gospel. You know, there's just, Definitely. you know, there, there's nothing that there, there's nowhere in the Bible where it says you're supposed to separate what you do from who you are. And, and, and right. that's not what that really is not what the world expects you to do. The world expects you as well to, to be yourself, you know, even though we know that's anti- antagonistic to scripture in some interpretations, but right. I'd love to know a little bit more about uh, where you find your sources of inspiration specifically. We've talked a little bit about generally, but where are some, you know, when you're writing prints, uh, you, you write, you've written screenplays and poetry and fiction and nonfiction. And obviously, as a minister, you write, um, you know, uh, ministerial documents, you know, um, but where do you go for some of your sources for inspiration? Well, I, I'm big into what I might kind of call that like traditional pop culture space. Okay. So I'm talking superheroes, science fiction, fantasy. Um, I love that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And when I write, it's usually in those kind of genres, especially superheroes, really big into superheroes. I have my Avengers Infinity War poster right here. Mm-hmm. I have an Avengers cup, actually. <laughs> you can tell in Marvel vs. DC, which mm-hmm. one I side with. Mm-hmm. Um but so, so to answer your question, um, I get a lot of my inspiration from the, those kind of stories, which especially something like superheroes or the kind of comic books, mm-hmm. they get so deep into human psyche mm-hmm. and just these big timeless truths, mm-hmm. science fiction, fantasy, they've always been all about telling these like really big truths. Even if you don't recognize the world that you're in, there is something so uh, truthful um, in, in some cases, or they're at least exploring those or wrestling with those ideas. So I love those stories. When I write, in the kind of the fiction works that I deal with um, are usually superheroes. Time travel is another one that I think just kind of allows you to raise really interesting questions. Mm-hmm. You can explore some really cool things and have fun. Well, are you able to bring some of this inspiration into like your devotionals and you know, things of that nature, or do you have to have to kind of keep a pretty clean line there? Well, I think that uh, one, one way we can uh, use pop culture and all that is to uh, relate to people. It's that uh, connection piece. Mm-hmm. So um, when, when I preach, and I'm, I'm kind of known for this, I don't get to preach a lot, but when I preach, you can pretty much expect there's a movie or two reference <laughs> in there. Um, oh. And in fact, I taught a class on uh, Christology early 2020. This st- who is Christ? What is that all about? And I used a book by Todd Miles, 
um, that I can't remember the name of, but I'll have to tell you later so you can put that in the show notes. Okay. And it is it uses superheroes as an example to talk about the nature of Jesus. Specifically, mm-hmm. the superheroes represent uh, who Jesus is not. So Superman is this idea that Jesus is just God, has no humanity, oh. and um, just kind of co- is an alien from another planet, so to speak, comes to our earth, and he's just super powerful and um, isn't really one of us, even if he looks like one of us. Uh-huh. So that's just one example. Uh-huh. Um, so I taught that whole class using that. I showed clips from different superhero films, used those examples. Um, some of the some people didn't quite uh, get all the references. There's mm-hmm. always that fear when you're talking about pop culture. Sure, but a sure. lot of people get excited about that kind mm-hmm. of thing. They they understand Superman more than they understand. Okay, how exactly is Jesus both human and God at the same time? Right. So uh, pop culture is the language of the people, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So if I'm writing a devotional or doing a sermon, I try to include something there. Um, cool. And that just helps it relate to people, helps it awesome. kind of come to life. Yeah. And there are so many moments, like when you watch movies or when you read comics or, or things like that, where the, the hero of the story has a moment of sacrifice. You know, there's this moment on, and many times when it's depicted visually, they're even, they're in a cross yeah. pose, you know, that's right. You know, and so you have these these things in pop culture that it's almost like it's ingrained in our psyche. Imagine that, you know, the guy, uh, the God who made us ingrained this in us to look for the imagery and to have those salvation moments resonate with us for some reason. And I think it's because it's built into who we are and what we're supposed to be as Christians. Yeah, definitely. So um, uh, here, as you well know, at uh, Theophany Media and Creatively Christian Podcast, we try and divide things up into four sections. One's inspire. We've talked a little bit about inspiration. The next is inform, and then we have educate and empower. So uh, let's jump into kind of that inform section and tell us a little bit about what you think what makes um, art or anything, any kind of art, whether it's actual visual art or whether it is uh, written or movies or what have you, what makes something like that Christian? Yeah, such a big question that I'm still wrestling with, sometimes changing my mind on. Sure. Um, this has kind of been a lot of my life's work right now, <laughs> but I'll give you kind of a taste <laughs> of okay, what's going sure. on in my brain. Sure. So on one hand, I want to say that, um, you know, any art that a Christian makes is christian art as we already discussed when you create something you you put a piece of yourself in there um and if you are somebody who's uh you know a sanctified follower of christ hopefully you can't help but your values and your morality and your allegiance to jesus just kind of like seeps out Mm -hmm. um into that creation Mm -hmm. and so there's a there's a sense where i do want to call all of that um christian art but just because i want to be careful with how we use language um christian art is a little bit more explicit than that i think uh there's a there's a there's a very intentional message an intentional takeaway that is explicitly christian instead of just um something like well the lesson is 
don't be mean to people, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is good. But, you know, the Buddhists are on board with that, too. Exactly. Uh, the secular world's on board with that. Mm-hmm. It's a great message. Right. But it's maybe not Christian. Right. So Christian art um, makes sure that uh, Jesus is at the center here. Right. Because that's what uh, makes the Christian faith different from everything else. Absolutely. Our whole ethic here is not just about being good people. It's, it's about being transformed by Jesus, which makes us good people. It affects how we behave. So right. Christian right. art needs to have Jesus in there. Okay. And I mean, I already talked about a little bit about uh, who Jesus is mm-hmm. and he's that he human and divine. And mm-hmm. I think good stories have that too. Those two kind of kind of paradoxical elements, mm-hmm. but uh, they're not quite against each other. They work sure. together. Mm-hmm. Um, so these good stories have humanity which uh, uh not in the case of jesus but in our case means that hum- human element has sin mm-hmm. and it has temptation but then it has divine it has that kind of gospel element where um there's a vision of the world made right even if you don't always get to see everything made right there's just something else jesus provides that kind of something else in there so that's kind of what i would say yeah i think that's a critical distinction you know you have to be very careful as a christian creative um, between just telling moral stories and telling stories that point people to the to the cross of Christ, you know, to the gospel. Uh, I know Phil Vischer, you know, he had that problem with VeggieTales. Um, he realized one day that um, that they were simply just telling, you know, moral stories, which aren't necessarily bad, but right. that he was that they were just teaching teaching kids to be moral, but they were still pretty much ignorant of the Bible. And that's why he started that whole series on, you know, what's in the Bible with mm-hmm. Buck Denver, uh, where he literally just walks through the books of the Bible with his, with his puppet show. And it's an amazing series, but that was a direct, um, a direct outpouring from the concern that you're voicing and that, you know, we've got to be sure and not just tell great moral stories. We've got to tell stories that make people wonder about who this Jesus is or what this gospel is all about. So I think that's, that's phenomenal. So absolutely. Yeah. All right. So moving on to the educate section. So obviously you're a very educated young man. So tell us a little bit, you know, how you see your academic interests either aligning or maybe conflicting with your creative interests, right? So, I mean, you've got a master's, um, you know, and uh, does that sometimes butt up against uh, what you want to do creatively, creatively or um, do they marry perfectly? Um, well, as you mentioned earlier, we're doing this right before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. We're actually a few days from me getting my master's. Okay. Um, so when this is out, I will be master Jake Dobrins. Okay, okay. just kidding. Not really. <laughs> um, but <laughs> right right now, I'm not official a few days out. So in academics, um, academic people care about language a lot, mm-hmm. which is is good, but it has some downsides t- sometimes. It's it's that idea where uh, you see this kind of, you know, ivory tower academic wearing tweed, mm-hmm. and he just says all these big words, mm-hmm. and you're like, at first you're like, that's so wise, and you stop to think, what did that even mean? <laughs> um, I don't want to become like that, but right. academics care about language, and mm-hmm. um, they oftentimes want to be so exact that mm-hmm. it becomes so complicated, and you can't actually wrap your brain around it so while i do want to be exact in the truth when Mm -hmm. i tell stories Mm -hmm. i also want to make sure it is uh 
something that's kind of digestible, maybe mm-hmm. use that term. Right. Um, I want to be exact in language, but also in a way that uh, is understandable and that people can kind of apply it to their own situations. Mm-hmm. So in some sense, in storytelling, you have to be a little bit vague okay. um, to have it kind of apply to a person's particular situation because stories that are so uh, precise and exact with that, with that language again, mm-hmm. kind of, in, in a sense, they just lose the meaning. They're so narrow-minded mm-hmm. that and, and in some sense, you'd call that like preachy or something. Right, right. Um, the, the viewer or the reader doesn't have to think at all. They're mm-hmm. just told exactly. So I want to push back against the academic side and kind of bring back a little bit of vagueness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I also love the academic kind of search for truth. Mm-hmm. What I don't want to land is in this kind of postmodern truth is whatever. Right. right. Um, I think there are some, uh, there are some uh, progressive Christian stories that I've seen narratives that, maybe lean too heavily into the the vagueness mm-hmm. and i like the vagueness i kind of want to go there sometimes mm-hmm. but i don't want to stay there right um there is truth even though uh that truth is kind of muddied sometimes so uh, so I, yeah. I, I get what you're saying you don't want to come off with your say your short story sounding like a legal treatise right you know um but you also don't want it to be so ambiguous that really nobody knows what's going on or has no direction or there's no moral. So practically speaking, like uh, speaking from one creative to another, if you had a young author um, that maybe you were mentoring or maybe a young composer or a young artist, and you were trying to you know, help them understand how to navigate this kind of balance between you know, very precise language and not being too vague, uh, how would you tell them to handle that? That's difficult. Um, <laughs> that's the first thing I would say. You know, it's a, it's, it's sort of a trial and error thing, first of all. Um, but there's a sense in which beauty is kind of the solution. And okay. what I mean by that is, in 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 the academic world, I have a. I have an academic article on the Pharisees published mm-hmm. and I have a master's thesis and man, there, it's, it's not, it, it's not fun uh, getting those publication worthy because your editors are always so concerned with the language. Mm-hmm. And what it ends up being is it doesn't sound interesting. They cut my puns, my jokes, uh-huh. um, unless gotcha. I hide them in the footnotes, you know, <laughs> there, there is no beauty in that even though it might be true. So, so what beauty allows us to do, again, it, beauty brings in that vagueness, oh. but you can uh, say something in a way that is uh, interesting, engaging. Uh, it gets at multiple senses, I think is kind of the solution here. Uh-huh. So where the academic side is very uh, head and maybe the extreme creative is very heart. Right. I want to be able to do both. Okay. Um, and so sometimes that that means you know having some in a story characters that are uh, a little bit more one or the other. Uh, I want to try to poke at as many different people as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you want to have an ideal reader, but you don't you, you want to make sure it's accessible to multiple people. Uh-huh. And so, I, I mean, I fear that this is not a, it's not a super great concrete answer, uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. but beauty is my solution. Right. Um, because if you're thinking, okay, how can I say this truth uh-huh. in a way that's beautiful, which beauty and truth go to go together so nicely anyway right. um in some cases i think the academic side of stuff has uh abandoned truth because they've abandoned beauty oh. um beauty brings risk but it allows us to see something um for 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 what it is from an author's perspective so okay. So it sounds like you could maybe if say if you were leaning too far on the clinical side to begin with, you could start with a clinical kind of version and work more creativity into it. Or if you maybe started with more creative, like maybe more poetry or flowery language, you could uh, start with that and then edit more clinicalness into it. Maybe you could kind of start from an extreme right. and work towards the middle, maybe. Would that work? And, on, and, and yeah, and that's the kind of thing that... Um, that I will do when I approach it. And I know a lot of creators will have an opinion on if you're going to create a Christian story, do you start with the Christian truth and build the story or do you start with the story and build the, I don't think there's a right way to do it. Okay. Um, recognize where you're starting and where you're going to go. In some Christian media, it's very, um, it's very much about the message and that is it. And then your dialogue becomes clunky. You're, acting is terrible you know whatever it is um because it's so focused on the truth you have to get the uh um the apologetic argument down or you have to quote the six scriptures and Mm -hmm. they have to do the sinner's prayer um so the the beauty elements reminds you hey you're also telling a story here your audience has some story expectations then again on the flip side if you're telling that story um inject some truth into that beauty or else it's you're just telling a story for pure entertainment so it's a it's a balancing act right you're straddling those two worlds super hard i can't give anybody an answer i wish i could i wish i had an answer i like absolute (laughs) answers i love it that's just not the world we live in (laughs) yeah i think it's just a lot of practice and a lot of rewrites is really the is about the closest you can get to an answer is have a good editor and be prepared to rewrite a lot. But I mean, that's about becoming a writer anyway. So awesome. Oh yeah, that's good. All right, so let's move into empowering. So obviously, you know, you started a podcast and Theophany has another podcast as well, which we'll talk about in just a minute when we get into humor and and the Bible. But, um, um, you know, you're a minister as well. So you're used to speaking and obviously being a Christian uh, in our secular society. And you thought, and you started Theophany Media which is all about kind of, you know, uh, sticking our, you know, a big Christian foot right in the mouth of media. So, (laughs) um, so tell us a little bit about, you know, um, what's it like, or what are your thoughts about being and speaking as a Christian in secular society? So we're at a, we're in a weird uh, spot in the world, in the West. Um, so if you kind of think of society in stages, you had the pre-Christian times, which pretty self-explanatory. Then you had, they call it like Christendom for, you know, when Christianity was in charge and right. everybody in the West was just sort of a Christian and mm-hmm. it was easy to be a Christian right. unless you were like the other kind of Christian, then they might 
uh, kill you or something. But um, generally, it was fine. Now we're in sort of the post-Christian society. And so uh, we have society has experienced Christians and those haven't all been um, positive experiences. And that has affected a lot of people. And sometimes the society has really good complaints about Christianity. Sometimes they're not good. Um, You know, that's something that we have to figure out uh, what is a legitimate complaint. What's uh, maybe just uh, not. So to be a Christian now has to one recognize this sort of um, suspicion of -hmm. Christians. Uh, I don't really want to paint that as a good or bad thing that we're in this place in society. Um, there were problems when there was a pre-Christian society. There was problems when we were a Christian society. Now post-Christian, there's always problems. Sure. So it's not about getting society to be one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about thinking, how do we be Christian in this mm-hmm. society? So um, one of the ways that I'm passionate about is um, what they're kind of calling a, a new apologetics, which okay. is actually really an old apologetics. We need to show people that Christianity is good mm-hmm. because some people don't know that it's good. Right. Um, there's been a lot of people that's just given it a bad name, which is unfortunate. Christianity has done some totally terrible things. We're not the only religion that does terrible things. Right. But we got to face the music and realize um, the kind of hurts people are experiencing. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I say apologetics, you know, this term meaning defend the faith, I want to mm-hmm. talk about, tell people about, you know, here's some good things about Christianity. I want to get back to this idea of Christians being, you know, loving people that yeah. want the society to be better, mm-hmm. um, which is not radical at all. You know, it's not progressive. It's it's almost regressive. I want to get back to right, to right. what Christianity was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So to speak and to be Christian is one to recognize uh, the world that we live in for what it is, mm-hmm. and then to be above reproach, basically, right. um, be the best you can be. Mm-hmm. So I use stories to talk to this world because there's that suspicion of Christianity where that sermon is not going to have as much effect as that kid's TV show, right. as that book, as that song. Mm-hmm. It, it, I mean, it sounds sneaky, but it's like a way to get into society um, to talk to society when they're not quite open for the, uh, the, the straight preaching. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's more palatable. Right? right. Yeah. I think that's a good term. Uh, palatable. I think that's a very, very good term, and I've used it in the past. Um, I, I think I think you're right uh, in that we as Christians, we've got to be sure and properly and carefully, going back to your precision of language, to define our terms when we're talking about Christianity. Yes. Um, you know, the, the Christian church of late has been plagued with lots of false teachers and lots of people who are you know, at their root, not Christian, and just kind of using the term um, as wolves in sheep's clothing. And, and they've yeah. hurt a lot of people and manipulated a lot of people and done a lot of things that are outright non-Christian under the, under the guise of Christianity. So I think we have mm-hmm. to be very, very careful. Um, and as you say, we have to be above reproach when we're dealing with people in the world. And um, we have to speak the truth in love, like Paul says, you know, it's, we don't back down from the truth. 
Um, but the way we present it is not in anger or not in frustration. Nobody ever argued anybody, you know, to the cross of Christ, you know, nobody, right. you know, yeah. so you, you got to love them to the cross of Christ. And so I think you're exactly right in that. And, um, and I, and I pray that that's part of what Theophany Media will, will be able to do in, in this podcast. So, um, so let's talk a little bit about humor in the Bible. I think that transitions pretty nicely. Um, that seems to be a bit of a passion of yours. Tell us a little bit about the other uh, podcast that Theophany Media puts out and, uh, and tell us kind of what led you uh, down that path. Yeah, uh, I started the podcast, The Bible, but funnier, um, back in May when I started all this thing, it was kind of the uh, lowest entry podcast just to kind of experiment with what is this podcasting thing all about uh-huh. um and my approach was to retell bible stories in funny ways again so that it's approachable palatable all those kind of things but also humor has a way of um pointing out truth that we sometimes miss and um I wanted to experiment with that. So when I tell a Bible story in the episode, not always, but sometimes I'm engaging with academic resources, trying to figure out what's the point of this and how do I use humor to bring that out? Sometimes it's obvious, but we can miss it. Um, The very first episode is the story of Jonah and Jonah is a comedy whether you think it's history or not, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. The point is, it's funny. This prophet of God is a terrible prophet of God. Right. And I want to use humor to bring out um, what I think an, an ancient audience would understand of that's funny right. or that's odd that we kind of miss because sometimes we turn the Bible into so holy that like, how dare it, you know, make us laugh. Right, or, right give us any kind of emotion other than reverence for God or something like that. But the Bible can make us laugh. And um, Jesus says some things that are surprising. Right. And, you know, he has some sick burns against the scribes and the Pharisees. Yes, he does. And um, there's all that that I want to bring out. So humor does that. It, it, it points out what we miss or take for granted. And that's not something I invented. Um, if you watch any kind of comedian, mm-hmm. oftentimes what they'll do is they'll tell you a truth, but just kind of up the ante a little bit, just exaggerate, mm-hmm. you know. How about that airline food? Right. You know what airline food is about, but then they describe it in, mm-hmm. it's with you know some really amazing language or something, and they just exaggerate that, they hyperbolize. So that's right. all I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to be true to the text and pointing out um, what's funny about it or what's surprising. And I think one of the really neat powers that comedy brings is that we can often turn the mirror on ourselves. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you might be able to say something about your listener who might be a Bible believing Christian or whatever that kind of steps on our toes a little bit, but we're laughing along with you. You know, I know there are lots of Christian comedians that do that and, and, and do oh, yeah. it really well. And I, and I think that that truth can be communicated in that way. And it's not not quite as painful, you know, because we're laughing at ourselves. And I think and I think that's a great thing. So 
I know that you have uh, several resources as well that you're uh, super excited about sharing with our audience. And so um, I'll be sure and put those resources into our uh, show notes. Uh, just for those listening or watching out there, our show notes are super useful. We try to make them uh, kind of a, a, a bonus and a value add for anybody who's listening. So definitely be checking out those show notes for Theophany Media. And, uh, and Jake, it's been, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Anything maybe you're working on right now that you'd like to tell uh, our audience about or something that is coming up that you're really excited about? Well, uh, I'm working with an author on a devotional for uh, creative Christians that hopefully will be out soon by the time this podcast releases. Excellent. Um, and I think it's going to be a really awesome resource uh, to help Christians develop the, the spiritual habit of creating and get in that mindset. So super excited for Theophany to publish that. Awesome. Um, and cool. there'll be more on that when that comes out. Okay. And, and where can they find that? I mean, they're already on the, on the page here, but go ahead and shout it out anyway. It doesn't hurt. Yeah. Uh, you can find information about that on theophanymedia.com. We have an email newsletter. You can follow us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Theophany Media. Um, you can find us in those places and we can All connect. Right. All right, Jake. And what about you personally? Do you want folks uh, following you anywhere online? If you want to, I guess. Um, I'm at Jake Dobrins on Twitter and something similar on Facebook, Jake Dobrins author. I think it says after my name and then on Instagram at Jake Dobrins writes and then um, Jake Dobrins.com. And uh, the spelling of Dobrins, you can find that in the show notes. And, and maybe uh, the pronunciation yeah. as well, since I got it wrong, right? That's okay. That's all right. It's German or something. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, again, Jake, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on today. And uh, I thank you for giving me the opportunity to be part of Theophany Media and for uh, being a part of Creatively Christian. I've been having a blast and looking forward to many, many podcasts in the future. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm blessed to have you, Brandon. Thank you so much for uh, interviewing me. Absolutely. If you don't mind, I'll love to close this with a little prayer. Please. All right, All right let's pray. Hi, King of Heaven, we just come before you, thanking you so much, Father, for making us creative. I thank you for Jake, Father, and for inspiring him last May and for uh, giving him not just the idea and the inspiration for Theophany Media, but also the resilience and the wherewithal to make it into something that's real. Uh, so many times, Father, I know that that's a, a huge challenge for us as Christian creatives, and I pray, Father, that we will be receptive to uh, your Holy Spirit, as you urge us um, through the person of the Holy Spirit to do things that will further your kingdom. I pray that we will do it carefully and wisely, and we will do it with um, uh, instruction from your holy word and also with accountability of, of those who are other believers near us that, um, that show us the way. I thank you for friends within the Christian uh, media space, and, and there are many, Father, and I encourage her. Uh, our listeners as they're out there to, to, in, uh, to network with all these wonderful people who are out there who are just wanting to spread the word uh, about your son, Jesus, and about the cross of Christ and about the gospel. And again, Father, I thank you for the opportunity to be on this podcast and to do all those same things. I pray that you will gain all the glory for all that's been done here today. I, I pray that we will make much of the name of Christ uh, and that many people will come to know him uh, in the and salvation. And it's in his name that we pray and ask all things. Amen. Amen. Thanks for having me.
Likewise, man. Thank you for letting me, uh, thanks for letting me have you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jake, I will talk to you soon. Everybody out there in podcast land. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. This is Brandon and Jake. We're signing off. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. To see the show notes where we put useful information like resources mentioned in this episode, you can head on over to theophanymedia.com forward slash Jake. And remember, if you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to rate, review, and share wherever you listen to podcasts. Creatively Christian is a product of Theophany Media. You can find out more at theophanymedia.com. This show is hosted by Brandon Hollingsworth, Andrea Sandifer, Bill Brooks, and Lynn Baber. Our logo is by Bill Brooks. Our music is by Bill Brooks and Andrea Sandifer. To join our exclusive patron community, which includes bonus episodes and so much more, go to theophanymedia.com forward slash creatively Christian. Have a blessed day and keep on creating for our Lord.